Listen and stream the only talk radio, Freedom 106.5, for the only talk that matter. 11 minutes after 6 p.m., guys. Good evening and welcome to another episode, another edition, installment right here on Slam on Double Point Five and Freedom 106.5 FM of Heights, where knowledge grows. I am your host, Sonny Bling, and this evening we are joined by the panel, Joshua C. Mongol on the inside, Derek Achong. Of course, Otto Carrington, all on the inside with us this evening for yes, another man. installment of Heights. And we have some special guests that are also joining us. We have attorney at law, CJ. Is it CJ Francois? Christian <laughs> Junior. Christian Junior Williams. <laughs> wow, so I had to break down the CJ. For legal purposes, for legal purposes. Alright, so we have CJ Williams on the inside. We're also going to be joined by um, a member of the TTPS uh, that is going to be joining us to share some words on the program. Before we get so far, let's get our show more or less on the road one time. Let me ask um, Joshua or even uh, to come in and start our program this evening. I'm studying to start with Kristen or the um the sergeant. Sergeant Sergeant on the line? Sergeant hear me? If the sergeant is on the line, we have Sergeant JC Small. Good evening. Afternoon everyone. Yes, we Good do have afternoon, uh, afternoon Sergeant Small. Good evening, Sergeant. <laughs> Joshua Simongo here. Um, I just wanted to start off by asking. But let's give you Sergeant a big introduction. Yeah, 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 please, please, please. title and welcome to the program. So, um, Sergeant Small, yeah. it's a pleasure to have you on the program. Uh, no stranger. You're really sorry playing here as well too. I don't know if you just want to introduce yourself. I am quite a right man. I don't know if you want to introduce yourself formally to our listeners. Um, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's the very first time in any of our two seasons that we've had a member of the TTPS on and we call the Commissioner of Police as well for granting this um, request today. So can you just introduce yourself and, you know, as we get into our program? I am Sergeant J.C. Small of the Community Oriented Policing Section of the Central Division and I am based at the Shogwana's Police Station in the Central Division. All right, I have man. been in the Central Division since 2016. I'm an IVLP alumni, meaning the International Visitors Leadership Exchange Program was an exchange program with the United States Embassy. And, you know, um, I, I'm just here to share this evening. All right, so it's a pleasure to have you on the program. And, of course, Joshua, I want you to take it away right right, right away from the tippy top. Let's yeah. um, get some questions going and let's get some knowledge on the table here right now. Yes, Sergeant Small, I know you do a lot of work in the communities and with youth. So I, I know, for better or worse, you, um, cannabis is very prevalent um, among youth. For, for Well, some of most will say for, for bad, which... Um, I wanted to get your perspective on how you've observed the, the trend of cannabis use among children since decriminalization. Has you, have you seen a, an increase in that trend from, from your talks in the communities, or has it been on, on the flip side? Yes, definitely. I mean, hands down, I have seen where um, more youths now open with this thing. I mean, um, you know, they're smoking in the public. Um, you've seen them cleaning anything the in the public. They're just outside because they're thinking, to me, they have the view that decriminalization means legalization. But you know, there's a big difference. I mean, I mean, even in the schools, I've seen an increase now with where more youths in terms of... Um, Recording in progress. Yeah, in, in the schools where more youths are, um, you know, being, being found on the school premises with cannabis. And, um, you know, it's something to me very alarming because this was not... Um, that's so open, like, like what's happening now. And, you know, for some reason, because... Of the decriminalization, a lot more youths involved in the usage now. 
but but do but sergeant small is, is that a problem stemming from the home in 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 that sense because i mean in our show we don't advocate for any underage youths whatsoever um for any minors under the age of 18 i mean i would even go as far as to say 21 but um you know is is that situation where, where they get it from the, from 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 parents who are not practicing responsible use um and stuff like that and you know how have, have you, uh-huh. you police sought to address this? Is it a situation where you, t- you arrest them and you take them to court just like, I mean, anybody else? Because, uh, or, or is it a situation where, you know, counseling is provided? We, we try to be proactive in our approach to um, educate them on. But, um, I mean, in, in terms of the household, yes, it, there, there were cases that I have information about that um, so some children would say, that um, they, they see the elder brother or elder, elder sibling or their father have it on the table and they just cup some and you know that's that happening as well as you're seeing where um, people it's it, it terrible they, they, they buying it on the streets people telling them even though they're probably underage or they're in the school uniform it's are people that targeting them in that way because I mean it's a population it's an industry I mean in the school what happening now people on the streets or from communities that we just say push us in the communities Sending children to school with marijuana to sell in the school. That is the reality of what we're facing. Male and female students. So, you know, as I say, since this decriminalization, I find a lot of alarming things. It's a literal hustle, and a lot of young persons, meaning under the age of 18, a lot of children involved in this illegal hustle. I mean, when we confront this situation, um, we have a zero tolerance approach in terms of um, what I mean, the law is specific in terms of having. Um, over 30 grams and then more so um, being found with marijuana of any sort it could be a seed it could be less than a gram in, in the premises of well before the amendment it was just in, in the premises of a school but now you know based on the amendment anywhere that children gather so it could be a play park it could be a school any place that children gather once you found in, within 500 meters of that location you are deemed to have that drug for the purpose of trafficking so, um, you know, we, we try to be proactive, the officers and myself, community policing section, you know, big up to sprint and then hospitalists, but part of our daily operational activities, we go out to lecture to children, educate them on these amendments in terms of the law, so that they will be aware of the misled. Now, um, Sergeant Small, Sonny Bang here, in terms of, um, I wouldn't even say directly in Central, but we're from the Central area, and um, mm-hmm. cannabis use, marijuana use has always been a part of the community from day one, right? As far as I am concerned, as someone that will have grown up in Central, and um, yeah. it was always readily available and accessible and that kind of thing. And 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 I don't see that changing for the near future at all for the nation's use, right? However, as you're talking about the school children and whatnot, what do you think, as an officer and as someone who even in growing up would have witnessed a lot of marijuana use in and around your community? What would you say? can be put into play now that things are now even more accessible and more free with decriminalization and all of that and the mindset being one of yeah boys and everybody could do this now what do you think is now the role or task of the officer as in what can you all do more than just educate the youth that you bounce up as we go in forward to keep them on that straight and narrow because i can imagine that the job has just become harder so true let me be real honest the youth i mean a lot of them coming from a lot of communities and backgrounds where they where they're literally poor. And um they people people because of the vulnerability that exists, 
Yeah, because of the, the vulnerability that exists among some of these youths, people target them easily. So, some people who are criminally minded and who hustling their weed illegally and whatever, they're just looking at expanding the empire. So, whether they use children or people, you know, vulnerability and a whole, they, they digest what they do. But we know, in terms of the law abiding citizens, we, we ain't oh, they hustling no marijuana in, in no skill that um, the media have it, have it in our possession freely. That means a cell. So we had to we had to provide meaningful opportunities to the youths and them. Whether it's true, I mean, and parents have to really sit down and educate their children. The police, people like you, influence public influencers like yourself. Any youths that we encounter, when are you going out in the park with the children and assist some youths? Because you know where I live. Um, sometimes I, 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 I my son, I like basketball, so I might go and sit down taking in a little basketball and son, watching the children play, seeing the children come out because they love this sport. And then you go, how this next group of youths just sit on the, the light of the, 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 the marijuana, I mean, cooking in a public place, illegal on a whole. And they just, I mean, if it is, that is your vice. The law say, if it is you're over 18, you stay in your house and you smoke your weed in your house. You hire under to take, to take arms and under, you could hire four trees. That is up to you. But don't come out in the public space and, and try to promote that and force that upon everybody else. I don't have a real problem with that. And as so I mentioned, I, right? sorry to cut you, but as you mentioned, because I, I want to pass you on over to Arthur Carrington, but would you say, this one question though, would you say the respect for the police service where cannabis, where cannabis use is concerned, would you say that it has gone up or gone down since decriminalization? Meaning, are you finding more people showing the respect as an A? decriminalized now but that don't mean I open the officer's face and I'm holding back or are you finding people more bold as in officer go for me now boy I want to pull a weed boy what, what, what do you think people is the, the vibe people get a little more disrespectful in my view because as I say it's a misconception when I think decriminalization means legalization so they're outside properly and, and I see I've seen officers arrest persons in these scenarios they're outside you hire 30 grams in a position the police can't charge you for that or they would not charge you for that but you're, you're, you're spliffing them out, smoking in a public place, they'll get charged for you know smoking in a public place. So I find people are a little more brazen now. And even, you know, long time, let me be real, we grew up in the streets. So long time, you see, it's not men smoking our weed and the police passing our vehicle and they, they, as they say, they're patting down that. But men, men brazen really think now, they're just out Friday and, you know, I find a little more careless, I should say now. Because they think, well, hey, the police can't do nothing because we legalize. That is what they're thinking. So, you know, it's important for really you know, to educate people, especially in platforms like this, mm-hmm. to put the information out there that um, decriminalization is not legalization. Was he charged for smoking in public? Well, if it was um, smoking at a public place, um, I think it's like, I'll tell you the specific... I have a close by here. Let me just pull it up. Yeah, sorry to sorry to get you off guard with that one there, but as you're saying, you're saying that you can be charged with in public use. I think it's only fair that I think I hit people with the, you know, hey, well, they, well, they feel you're coasting on the police and the police don't know their job. Not only are you going to get charged, you know, you're going to face it. Right, so let me read from the, from the section. And that's section 5A, mm-hmm. one of the danger drug act, a person who smokes or uses cannabis or cannabis resin in a public place commits an offense and is liable on... Summary conviction to a fine of two thousand dollars. No, sorry, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Wow. And so as a fine and imprisonment for five years. Wow. 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 So and uh, what you did mention, and I'm going to put it, uh, put it out to you know, but what you mentioned there is you said cannabis or resin, right? 
So in essence, yeah. the folks that are out there with these vaping pens and these things in public, that is also part of the charge too? Yeah, definitely. And, and things like marijuana, brown media, and the and um whatever product, once it is the resin is is, is um under five um more, more than five grams, you you you're committing offense. Let's get Otto to come in here with a couple words, Otto. Hey Sergeant Small, a pleasure to have you on. I, I one of the things I wanted to ask you is that um so do you think that there needs to be more public information even amongst officers or even the level of enforcement? You know, I mean, public information and even public information for the for the for the public, because clearly from what you're seeing here, from what you're saying, it sounds like if the the, 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 cap, the people are misguided, the people are misguided. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Sergeant Small, um, part of the reason the government, when, when they were decriminalizing marijuana a couple of years ago, was that to clear up the court system and to ease the police up for them to, to, to focus on more serious crime. I mean, I acknowledge that, that you know, you have concerns about underage use, but I mean, I, we, we all know that, you know, children were smoking weed for a long time, although we don't encourage it in any way, shape or form. But back to my point it is, you know, how come have we not seen, you know, an increase in the police service, a tangible increase with this time? Because I mean, marijuana possession and convictions of marijuana possession has always been one of the better statistics the TTPS has ever had. Now that that has been kind of taken away, you know, um, the public, many people, they probably want to know but what they're doing it all the time now, that you had to pick up a man for, for, for a small piece of weed, you know, why why only not solve any murders and why, why, why the serious crimes are not being solved? Hello? Um, hello? Yes, you're live. Yeah, so, so what happened is that, um, to me, from, from what I got, I got, I got it was paused a bit there, so I didn't hear everything. But um, it's saying something to the effect of um, marijuana. In, the police should focus on um, bigger things. That, no, no, as, no. As no. What, what, um, what I believe, what I believe was that. I repeat my question. Basically, when marijuana was decriminalized by the government, the, the part of the reason was is that it, these small marijuana cases were clogging up the court system. Traditionally, the TTPS had excellent success rate and conviction rate in terms of simple marijuana possession, and it was almost a guarantee that anybody comes in would plead guilty to it and you will get convicted. Now that the TTPS right. does not have, well, is not engaging in such m- multiple arrests on a daily basis. What are the police? What is the police really spending the time doing? In other words, did y'all did y'all get more free time to be able to put towards other things since not having to focus heavily on cannabis and marijuana convictions? And to be honest, um, <laughs> I would say why? How how police detect marijuana possession while on patrol, while challenging? Yes, you might see somebody moving in a suspicious manner, and you challenge them. Right, you might you, you might have information, and before you would you would acquire search warrant and execute that search warrant at that location, right? We have different means of how we would have detected the offense of possession of marijuana or possession for the purpose of trafficking, right? So what I want to say is that um, the police, in terms of challenging vehicles or challenging persons, that hasn't changed because if it is we have information in terms of um any illegal activity, whether is somebody has something illegal in possession it could be a firearm it could be a stolen vehicle it could be anything the police still in the business of challenging people and, and i think that what i intensified because of the prevalence of gun violence and gun crimes in trinidad and tobago violent crimes and murders so i mean under our new under the leadership of our new commission of police and the executive i think we ramped up 
operations in terms of um searches and stop and search and challenging vehicles and executing search warrants and targeting drug blocks. I think we ramped up our operations. Right? Because of the, the serious nature in terms of gun crimes. And to be honest, a lot of persons who in the business are selling marijuana or drugs illegally, they usually have firearms to protect the empire. They usually see other persons who hustling as a threat. So then it's, it's not a fight for itself. So you know this whole thing about wanting to control territory for the sale of drugs and, 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 and that kind of thing. All this, all these activities playing a role in, in, in criminal activity and gang violence. Right? Because it's like everybody teaming up and it's this turf against that turf and a lot of it has to do with the sale of drugs. In case people already didn't know. Whether it's marijuana, because marijuana generally don't sell just so you know, people who selling marijuana selling cocaine most of the times and then with the, with the introduction of things like um, Zessa pills and all them things where they're mixing cocaine and other drugs to, to sell outside there I think um, you know a, a drug a drug pusher I mean b- besides probably the bobo and them living on the mountain top everybody looking to control turf and looking to to, to, to have a, a bigger a target audience and that is why they know they're targeting the schools because they're just seeing sales they're not seeing a person they're not seeing vulnerability all the pushers that see most of them are sales. And um, we ramped up our police operations considering, um, you know. That's, and Sergeant Small, I, um, I just want to go back to the issue of youth usage. Is it? Do you think it should be considered that the parents of some of these youths who are smoking and have, have marijuana in their possession should be charged or face some sort of um, punishment for not um, executing the, the right responsibility for their children? I think um definitely parents parents should take should take some blame. But when parents should take some blame, yes. But when they look at um influence and the power that um gang leaders have in the street, they can of dominating both, both, both parents with the children sometimes, you know. Because when I <coughs> I am seeing where the gangs are targeting children as small as um 10, 11, 12, 13 years old. And, um, if it is, and I, could t- and, and, and I could tell you about several instances, I won't go into the details, but the um, gangs basically telling parents that they see them children only are there, we have control over them and only have no say in terms of what going on them. And in terms of what we put it to the police, we will kill all them, we will shoot all them. So parents living under duress, some parents in, in communities where you have gang activities. Um part of the formal industry was supposed to um part of what it was supposed to accomplish is to have the sale of cannabis through like formal um or institutions like stores and licensed shops in the absence of that do you think that in other words the 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 battle for um supply and demand has maybe increased the amount of um gang violence surrounding the sale of cannabis in other words do you think a formal industry that maybe will bring more enforcement would be of a help right now well, to be honest, I mean, I don't want to share 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 my personal views, but I've I've heard mixed views, and some of the views is that they want to they want to make it into these parlor things, so the one percent and them alone will control the industry, and the, and the pushers are the side of the street. But you see, the problem in, in communities, especially where you have criminal activities, is that um, it's always a fight. So whether a man telling and he and he he, 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 he get as with us say, he's still don't want the next man to get through. So, it's always a battle for turf now. That is in, in, in the ghetto communities. 
But um, so people saying, I mean, that and there's there's the streets, there's why you're in on the streets. Men saying, we really like that idea, that one percent thing. Um, that 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 part of marijuana, that part of thing, because you need to then people will get like and able to bring in his drugs and control the industry. And you know what happened? You, 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 got, you get to hustlers because they have a bigger competition now, a bigger and better competition. But I, I feel it's going to intensify what they're trying to do to make sure that they, they, they survive. Because to be honest, people in the ghetto or in the impoverished communities saying that they, they, they're selling these drugs or they're selling this marijuana to be able to feed their family. So I don't think they'll stop doing that unless you offer them something like that. Sergeant Small, thanks for being on the program right now. Don't go anywhere. We're going to take a quick commercial break and we're going to continue our talk here right now. Of course, when we come back, we're going to invite CJ Williams to say a few words as well. It's now 31 minutes after 6 o'clock right here on Heights where knowledge grows. We are speaking with Sergeant Small out of the TTPS and he's on the program with us this evening among other guests. So please stay tuned. We'll be back with some more. Is streaming at freedom106.5.com. Welcome back to Heights where knowledge rose right here on Slam on Double Point Five and Freedom 106.5. We have uh, Sergeant JC Small on, on line with us. We also have uh, Attorney at Law CJ Williams on the inside. And if I'm not mistaken, we're going to throw to him now. Joshua, let me ask you to, to lead with that. Yeah, keeping on topic, um, CJ working in the in the legal um, setup in the in the judiciary would have observed. I'm going to ask CJ about his observations. Of, of sort of cases i know cj over over time you, um, i assume you would have seen a lot of um cannabis cases before the courts i want to i want to talk to you about the evolution of the judiciary from your perspective from the criminalization day forward in other words what sort of changes have you seen i know our minister Rag would have given some figures before and he said what was it 80 percent of cases before judiciary would have been cannabis related so with the absence of those sort of cases what sort of evolution has the judiciary seen I would say um, strictly that there's a lack of information that I can rely upon to safely answer your question. And for me to answer you properly, I can just base upon reports I've read. So basically, it's not what I am saying, but what the facts and international stats out there shall reflect. Um, with respect to corruption, according to the United, Nation, um, United States 2022 Human Rights Report, Trinidad Tobago corruption is a key factor. And once you speak about corruption, that basically affects the judiciary and all the government and all, all um, public institutions, I would say. Um, so I can't give you that information simply because there's a paucity of information that the government has provided on an international stage, sir. Okay, fair enough. Um, the, one of the major things that Minister Rowley would have promised... Um, in decriminalization was that he was going to clean the records of a lot of the young men who were convicted for um, cannabis-related crimes. From from your understanding, has that taken place? Again, um, well, I can only speak from my perspective that to actually achieve that feat, it is quite a process which requires information which may not be readily available because of the oldness of the records, which is a long process. But to say the success of that program Again, I cannot answer you. And I can tell you why, basically. There just simply isn't enough information right, provided internationally to answer your question I can defend. Okay. Okay, CJ, just added, it's a pleasure to have you here. And um, just, I just want you, I know you have been listening to the conversation with Sergeant Small and, um, and honestly seeing, you know, some of the revelations that Sergeant Small would have seen being on the field as a police officer. Um, would you want to weigh in on what he would have said, especially seeing that since the decriminalization, he's seen a sort of a, a lack of, uh, of respect in regards to the laws when it comes to persons using cannabis? 
Um, I understand what the sergeant has said or what he may be trying to speak about or basically um, make the population be aware of. However, um, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say that um, it isn't proper to have loose lips or some cavalier. And I may understand that um, he may just be not um, informed, but it isn't really his fault on a serious level. It, it seriously isn't his fault. It seriously isn't the Commissioner of Police's fault. It seriously isn't their fault at all. The sole reason I would put that is, um, I would say, on the government's fault. And the reason why I can say that is this, eh? on a serious level. There's something called the, okay, understand the whole drug construct in the world, basically, right? There's the United Nations, they lead the show. On one side, there's the EcoSoc body, that's the, um, the economic and social status of the world, basically, and then the International Narcotics Board, they advise the EcoSoc status and advise the UN. However, um, in January 2023, this year, they laid a report, and the report really, um, I would say, it's a damning allegation, not just yes. against like, um, the government of like, Trinidad or Barbados or Jamaica, similar countries that wish to play cavalier, I dare say, and go down this pathway of um, decriminalizing or creating an industry for marijuana, because Sergeant Small actually had it correct. Marijuana isn't shipped by itself. So any calculation of marijuana must be calculated with a shipment arm with respect to cocaine also. And no one can really say the use of cocaine prevalence in the ages of persons 15 to 64 years of age. And the reason I can say that is, and let me quote so, is not what CJ is saying. This is what the International Narcotics Control Board as of January 2023 this year has said. And I quote, and this is, um, well, I don't know what page. Right. The board notes with concern the continued lack of recent epidemiological surveys and the prevalence of drug abuse in most countries in Central America and the Caribbean. The latest estimates of annual prevalence of the use of cocaine among the general population aged 15 to 64 are more than 10 years old in a number of countries in the region, including Barbados, who wishes to fly a flag high, Trinidad and Tobago, Jamaica, Nicaragua. The board recommends that countries concerned that countries concerned prioritize the collection of data on drug use trends. So basically, all those countries named um, I just called the International Narcotics Board, they are holding us accountable internationally by not being able to properly provide data that anyone could have a proper plan so that we as a Caribbean won't be um, affected by banking laws which ties into narcotics, basically, and have to go crying to the international community. That's our downfall. So, However, so in a sense, there's a free-for-all going on, more or less. I would reach further to that because um, with respect to the free-for-all, I would say probably it is the setup of a great cartel, a great con on the nation, basically. And I can defend everything I say, yeah? mm-hmm. right? But I don't want to just paint a picture of just groom and doom. Yeah. Right? And, and the reason why I can say that, um, you must give kudos where kudos are due. Yeah? So there is um, the operational plan. Hold on. Yeah, the operational plan for drug control of Trinidad and Tobago for 2021 to 2025. That's a good report. However, there's one flaw. It starts off with the need for information and data. And there is no survey, household survey, dealing about the use of drugs, marijuana prevalence. There are no metrics. None. 
Are you saying this is, is deliberate? I am saying that it is just like, for example, when persons introduce themselves, they may say, oh, kind of poor, this of this international body I associate with this training from this international one. Of course, the country always wishes to boast about our international partners. However, um, after that song and dance is said, and your and your informational and your partners check, okay, this great plan. We have been asking you for how many years to at least do your annual review questionnaire, which is important, so we could calculate how to deal with your country. Who's that, Snoop Dogg? No, that is Norris Man, actually. Oh. Norris Man is on the line. No, but I just, CJ, I just want to pull this back to the... To the is Snoop Dogg, you know? No, sorry, the angle, the angle. Norris Man smiling, Ali, smiling. CJ, I wanted to pull this back to the layman, right? I want you to explain what the impact of this would be on the layman. And so we spoke about the, the youth usage of JC um, Sergeant Small would have spoken about. How does the lack of data and so forth affect people on the ground in that sense? So basically, um, if you have no data or the information to drive your program, you may sound good to the politicians or a politician could sound good to the public because of how you speak. However, your international partners will realize after two, three years, when you refuse to collect data, is this a deliberate, you know, like a deliberate plan by the government who is in charge? Like basically? Sure anything yes, you are. To make yeah. it down, yeah. And what is the consequence of that? Um, the consequences of that must be intertwined with lack of respect for your human rights policies. And it starts off with sanctions. Or, as we see very right now, when the Prime Minister of Barbados and Rowley and... Dr. Rowley, sorry. And everyone has to go to the U.S. to say, please don't make our banking be affected. And this information being placed in population, for example, by the operation... Um, by the, Opposition saying that um, our banks may be closed down simply because non-compliance with the international treaties and bodies towards our country, it affects our financing. To break it down, if this we don't get the data, we'll get sanctioned or our funding will be cut. And there is more hardships for everybody in the streets. And what does that speak for a possible local cannabis industry? A local cannabis industry, I would say that we are being set up to fail. But however... We are being set up to fail insofar as, and I don't use the word colonizers. Mm-hmm. And this is not, well, yeah, I don't use that word. When you, when you speak of colonizers, okay. So no, if I say colonizers, I basically say because I think the act has 70% foreign investment can come in and All 30% right. are going to look up. Alright, okay. So uh, You can go Dubai and do that, basically. Okay. You can go certain countries and do that. So you fear it will be a, a sort of so are you so are you the... more or less suggesting I would say from from the lack of information metrics on an international level are you also maybe saying that what we are doing as a layman on the street even the TTPS having to run around and still do the cat and mouse and the policing is it that all of this is going to be efforts and made in vain over years it's going to be we're going to realize five years down the road that all this was a pretty thing <coughs> because we're wasting our time um, yes and I would say that the cost of this will be calculated. By international partners because they will not be wasting money spending money behind a country and when they're funding you you do everything fundamentally yeah. against the principles that the international narcotics control board stand for let's get on let's get sergeant small back inside this conversation we just heard a lot from cj williams attorney at law it's a pleasure to have me on the program sergeant small i don't know if you're still with us and you've been hearing some of that conversation bling bling i so happy um <laughs> You know, for this opportunity where we can really share, and I, and I see this as a platform to share. Mm-hmm. So I just want to, you know, be clear. 
in terms of um, what law enforcement means. The police officers, in terms of the laws, I mean, their consultation before they establish it as law and so on. But we are enforcers of the laws. So the law clearly outlines some real. And I, I deal with the layman, right? So I want the layman to understand why I say because it's important for them to understand why I say. If it is you have more than um, a particular amount of marijuana in your possession, the police could take certain action. We could, in terms of the law, even if the bridge law, in other words, we could arrest you. And then, if it is go before court, you could get a fine of up to $250,000 and jail time. If it is found in any location where children gather in, right, and you have marijuana in your possession, it could be, it could be just a smoke. It is deemed that you had a drug in your possession to the purpose of trafficking. So the police, they have to enforce that. However, we have been using in terms of our strategic plan, an intelligence-led policing approach, an evidence-based policing approach. So we believe in in replicating sorry, what research has shown, and we also use a proactive policing approach. And I want to mention our GRACE program, our gang reduction and community empowerment program. And I know happy, I happy goodly attorney mentioned um surveys and that kind of thing. I mean, we have our research department in UWE. But in terms of the TTPS, we are about probably just tomorrow, we are going into the schools and um, do our own surveys to hear from the children, to hear from the teachers, the members, staff, in terms of what the experience is like. You know, they say, who feels it? No. So besides the work, the information we have been getting, you wouldn't be wrong in terms of our um, intelligence-led policy. You wouldn't be getting wrong. And when I, when I quote or paraphrase earlier, I was just speaking on behalf of, of the, the persons that I have interacted with on the streets and, and, and the feedback they're given in terms of the perspective on how they believe um, having like marijuana parlors and these kind of things or pharmacies or whatever supplying marijuana will affect them. Just their personal view. Right? So um, we, we are using a whole approach to, to deal with root causes to problems. And um, I, I am saying that I have personally seen in my policing experiences and my colleagues would share the same thing. Um, more youths being engaged in marijuana usage at the school level, and and they are part of a, 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 a gang empire where where people on the streets or gang leaders on the streets giving them marijuana to go in the schools to sell, and they're really not focusing on school work and everything. And when you look at um drug sale and that kind of thing in the, in the streets or in the ghetto, as I said earlier, it is it is it is fuel other activities, and then it is they are fight for two, and it is have a spin off into so many different things. So I just want to really share the basic information and help parents, people like yourself, and the, the general population to understand, you know, how we need to play a role in terms of guiding our young people and making sure that they stay on the right path and not, and not be easily misled just because they want to be a part of something, you know, to me, deceptive. And, and right? So, so I, I just want to share that. Yes, Sergeant Small, I don't want to put any kind of trouble here, but in, in, in these same communities, there are often conversations about the, the, the role of rogue officers in, in the sort of trade, in the cannabis trade and this sort of thing. You know, they, there's always this talk of they have these rogue officers running certain blocks and so forth. What I want to ask is, can you give the assurance that the TTPS will make, will do what it can to rid the sort of rogue officers from, from these sort of, if it is indeed true, rogue officers from being part of, the, of this trade and so forth. Is enough being done by the TTPS to, to rid these sort of rogue officers who some would say are helping to propel this, this side of the industry? The police service doing all in its power and you know when you think about the arrests 
in terms of a few hundred officers that the professional standards have arrested and um you know before the open court and the matter and then the, i would say that the organization is doing it part to, to ensure i mean the organization itself i'm not saying that all the officers in the dps um you know abiding the by the laws at Trinidad and tobago and you know it's clear that even when they bridge the law it have consequences and they, they are they are facing situations where they before the open court um and you know i want to encourage members of the public because it, i mean there's not a myth where we have been here in it since i small and i'm going on in the police to the store and you know you're hearing and, 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 and experiencing certain things and you know the truth is <clears throat> we have corrupt law, law enforcement officers you know um <laughs> i'm gonna say law enforcement i mean just police right but um the policies are there the the the, 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 the in terms of the integrity in terms of our core values, our professionalism, respect, integrity, dignity, and excellence, the organization do, don't support officers engaging in, in, in illegal activity. And we are doing all in our powers as organization to ensure that if it is we catch rogue officers in the act of committing crimes, they're going to face the consequences like any lawbreaker. Okay. So we are encouraged members of the public if they have information that officers engaging in illegal activities or have blocked or anything like that, pass on information. To the, to the Trinidad and Tobago Police Service, we have 800 tips, we have 555. You could message the Commissioner of Police directly. You know, channel. It must, it must have one police officer that somebody could trust. Pass the information and let us do our part to rid the service of these type of elements if, if that is what's happening currently. Okay, Sergeant Small, I really appreciate the, the commentary. Um, tell me something. Um, I, I'm listening to the both sides of the argument here and I'm listening to Attorney C.J. Williams and yourself. Um, do you think that there needs to be uh, a rethink? Because I, I know you wouldn't be able to talk about what happens in the Parliament, but do you think that it should be a rethink in regards to the way that the cannabis control is happening? Because clearly we are seeing uh, an amplification from what you have said that you have seen on the layman. You've seen an amplification in schools and it's, and it's mushrooming into gang violence. Do you think that should be a rethink of the legislation? Well, I am not a policy maker, but um, in terms of my personal view, I, I am seeing where the, the change in legislation and the perception, I think a lot of people mis misinterpret what, what was meant by, by what the law wanted to do or intended to do. And um, as I say, and I want to reiterate and continue to say that um, persons of the view that um, decriminalization means legalization. So I think public education is important. And um, because the law didn't say that you could just sell weed and yeah, the law didn't say that you could just sell marijuana and be on the streets and even children to sell and smoke and the law ain't promoting that at all. That's so I think public education is what what is needed um more. So, of course, we have our Sergeant Tracy Small on our program here right now. Also, C.J. Williams, attorney at law. It's a pleasure to have him on board. Both gentlemen on board, actually. We also have um, Norris Mann out of Jamaica. Because, you know, we have our reggae artists that we tend to involve in our program as we speak different angles of cannabis 
not just in terms of business, but in terms of the music, the culture, spirituality, and more, right? So we're getting ready to take a quick commercial break and come back. As you guys are informed, this is Heights Where Knowledge Grows every Tuesday evening from 6 p.m. on Slam on Double O Point Five and Freedom 106.5 FM. And this segment is sponsored by Royal Extra Stout for refreshing, delicious, and unforgettable additive-free experience. Drink Royal Extra Stout, the full-body, lightly carbonated stout. Explodes in your mouth with balanced flavors of caramel, chocolate, coffee, and fruit combined, all right, with the smokiness of... Roasted barley for a royal experience. Drink royal extra style. We're gonna come back with some more right here on Hype. Streaming at freedom106.5.com. So, welcome back to Heights where knowledge grows right here on Slam on Double Point Five. You're truly Sunny Blaine, of course. Joshua C. Mongol, Derek Chong, Otto Carrington, and our special guest this evening, Attorney at Law CJ Williams. We also have uh, Sergeant JC Small on the program, and all the way in Sweden right now. Are we going to link up with him on our program? Actually, let me, let me see if um, I, I, I can cross on my lines. I don't know if he's going to speak with us. Um, let me hear him there. Norris, man, are you hearing me loud and clear, sir? Blessed, 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 blessed. It's a pleasure to have you on the program. The woman of patience, sir. Uh, it's time to come. Now watch the fantasies in life. It will put you down. And if you're going to help man race, you are gonna mash down. <laughs> All right, I'll pull up that real quick before it bless up, bless up, bless up. So, Norris, man, it's a pleasure to have you on the program, and I want to just put you back into the waiting room for a second as we get ready to say um, you <laughs> to a couple of guests. I hope you've been tuning in. We have with us, as I said, attorney at Law C.J. Williams, who you should really get familiar with, as well as um, Sergeant J.C. Small out of the Trinidad and Tobago Police Service. So, we've been talking with them. We're gonna wrap that conversation, and then we're gonna bring you back into the mix as well. All right. So, thanks for being here with us. Blessed, blessed. Nice man, that's what we're talking about. This is Heights where knowledge grows, guys. Norris man on the program. We had Junior Kelly. We, we featured uh, Queen Africa recently, Kushite, and much more. Every week, artists are going to be featured on our program as well as uh, our lawmakers. And, uh, you know, the folks that are responsible. Let's have a quick word here again with Joshua Tokas. No, I was just adding that we have Freetown Collective next week. So I'm looking forward to that. Interview. All right, that is fantastic. And as I said, we're getting ready to rack up with um, Sergeant JC Small. So, 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 Sergeant Small, I, I just want to, you know, come back to, to, to where we are in regards to where the police service is concerned. Because we, we have, I mean, people are messaging and asking questions that um, lack of information. Is this something that the TTPS, I mean, I know that you I you call, you in charge of community policing in Central. Is this something that you would recommend that the police service allow for in public information? People say that they need information because all they know is that they hear they can have four plants home, they can carry 30 grams, you know, and, um, you know, and and these are the things that people, you know, do you think that the police service should go in that direction and, and educate the population or, or, or what, what recommendations you suggest? Yeah, I, I, I fully endorse that. I mean, we, we, um, we, have, we have put out a release of our corporate communication department in terms of um, basic information that persons should know in terms of, um, you know, the amendment to the dangerous drug act 1125. Yeah, we, 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 on a daily basis, the officers of the community police, our special investigations unit, our gang unit, you know, we, we, we do a lot of outreach programs in schools and communities to um, educate persons. I mean, if, if it is you look at our um, social media platforms, so we always post information there. But persons can make requests to our um, community oriented policing section or special investigations unit section if they want us to do any kind of um, sensitization 
in the schools, in the community, you know, they're free to um, reach out to us. I, I would share my number on 461-1211, on um, any person requesting, you know, any type of sensitization in terms of our formal or free to school or community, they can um, reach out to me and I um, will connect them with the community-oriented policing section in the district where they live to, um, to assist. Can you give us the contact number one more time, uh, Sergeant Small? My number is 
So it's a pleasure <laughs> to have you on the program here, Norris Man, joining us for Heights where knowledge grows. Uh, host Sonny Bling, uh, well, you, you know me, we bounce up from time to time when you're here. Great Sonny Bling, great Sonny Bling, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you here with us. We also, of course, joined by Otto Carrington, Derek Chong. Josh Rossi Mongol, we are we have Maxi Baran and all in as it right in there. Is it right? Hey, so you name correct, correct. <laughs> Alright, so we have the Grow Guru segment that is coming up in a short while. But before we get into that, uh, as you know, this program is about education and lifting your awareness around cannabis, cannabis use, pros and cons, do's and don'ts, mm-hmm. um, educating our children, educating from a spiritual standpoint as well, too. And we want to hear all different aspects. You, of course, are a reggae singer, reggae artist. You've been you've been giving us hit after hit for quite a long time in the conscious realm. You're Rastafari as well. So we want to hear from you and we have some questions for you. But before we get into that, my first question is, the song that we just heard, Woman of Patience, what was that song really about? Was that a true story? Because I observed during the song play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True story. Yeah, you're sitting yeah man, there. definitely. You're sitting definitely. in the Zoom and you're, you're very much in a deep meditation in the Zoom. I see you singing along. <laughs> so I was thinking to myself, how... Yeah, how- we're in the lab, you know, we're in the studio, you know. We've always been working, you know. So we just passed the work to, to have this interview. Mm. And um, of course, I've heard um, you've been talking to these officers and... They were speaking on marijuana and stuff like that, but you all know Tingo already, so <laughs> I just have my say to say, you know. <laughs> all right, well, let me, bring, let me bring in some members of the panel to get the show on the road. Before Joshua. the show comes in here, I just wanted to, that song was written under the influence, right, Norris, man? Yes, as a young youth, I think that was my wife, my first girlfriend I have as a young youth, you know, mm. just coming up nearly 17, 18, so... Jackman, something happened and I just spend that song and you know record it many years and it, it, it came out and the, the first album for me on Kings of Kings persistent album mm-hmm. and um, you know through VP records and so um, you know it was just like that I think Trinidad is the first place who take that song and really you know put it up like on the ice you know it wasn't even Jamaica <laughs> No, no, there was other songs that was it, but Woman of Patience, yeah, man, the Trinis love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we love, yeah. love, love that. Yeah, you know, no, yes, yes. I, I was actually going to, to say that you know, Woman of Patience was made big in Trinidad, you know, but you said it before I did, and you know, <laughs> yes, and, yes. And, and guys, you know, this is not the first time. So, um, Norris is on Heights. We actually have a a, a, a fifteen minute interview with Norris, man, when he was here recently in Trinidad, you okay. know, and um. And Norris will be in Trinidad next month, and he would be in studio as well. Yes, yes. The seventeenth of June, I've been on point fourteen. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Original mind band, and he's also an artist. And um, it will be me and another Jamaican artist called Anthony Q. Great artist. Yes. You may not be familiar with him, but now you're gonna be familiar with him. (laughs) Yes, man. Nice man. So Norris, man, it's a pleasure to have you on the program. I understand that right now you're you're in Sweden. Yes. (laughs) Yes, you know, it's all good, man. You know, we always have time for our important things. You know, it goes on the bling. You, you, you always end up, man, and the music. And 
from them time from the television station you know days come right up yeah man i can't even count the amount of time i've been in Trinidad. that is my second home you know? <laughs> well well that that is actually to be quite honest that is actually a talk on the ground not now but a long time like one of those jamaican artists we could consider that lives here yeah man <laughs> and, and, and you could actually see jump in the car and drive yourself to go down the road and come back yeah 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 everywhere 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 but joshua you know what that's I, I don't I just get accustomed to, you know, the first place I really learned about how to get into the city and go over to the highway was the Lady Young, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> from there, I get to love St. Anne's, you know, Cascadia up on the mountain there, you know. Mm. Um, you know, R. Peter Avenue with them have all these different <laughs> things and, you know, you know, there's always something going on, on on the strip there. And then the last time I you saw know, you when you were here, we bounced up at the Queen's Park Savannah. That was going to get food or something. Queen's Park Savannah, yes. Yeah, man. So you know the places, but you know what? There's a lot of food. There's a lot of food there in the evenings. You have different cultures, different food. You know, it is a beauty to see everybody just come as one and you cook your food and everybody. Yeah. You know, in a big park, you know that 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 that's something that we want in a lot of communities. Not only in Trinidad, there's a lot of communities who lack of that. You know. Yeah. And that's how we bring people together, you know. And that's mm-hmm. how you make the society a better place where everyone can come together. Um, crime-free, you know, that sort of way, you know. And you can see it, you can see that family bond. Sometimes you see kids come with mother, father. You see lovers come there and they buy what they're buying and they leave. You know, it's a beauty to always see that in the Savannah. Different people come and cook food corn and you know all the different stuff no Norris man yeah what i need to cut you here right now because i realize you are a, a greater trinidad and tobago ambassador than a lot of people <laughs> right now we taking no. that but i want to bring it back home <laughs> to our discussion this evening on cannabis and, and marijuana as we inside heights when knowledge grows so let me invite and joshua simongal to take the lead here right now Let's go. Yeah, man, yeah. I, I, I there's a do and don'ts in terms of you know you know um we, we see marijuana as a medicine but then you know just like any other medicine you even the one that the pharmacy give you if you get overdose on it of course so we're just saying that we, 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 the policeman was saying something which i, I totally agree with. we don't encourage people to give kids um weed to sell in school or anything like that you know because you know even though i grew up in my mother house and it was when we reached a certain age before we could really make a decision if we you know I wanted to ask yeah. about your, your own personal connection to the plan. Does it play a, does I assume it plays a role in your creative process? When you're going to write us uh, yes. some of those hits that you, many of those hits that you put on, most were influenced by cannabis. Uh, not, not, not in the sense of writing a song, but let's look at it on a wider scale. Let's look at it just not like just smoking purpose. And then we can see the real purpose. You know, because yeah, people is very religious, and and most people who are like, you know, they grow it and all that, and they never inhale it, like you know, through the nose or the nostril. So we're talking about a plant that has more than maybe a thousand different reasons and thousand different healing process. You know what I'm saying? We can make soap from it. We can make em clothes. We can go all and along and along. You know, low chemo, all them different things. Right now, you know, I was in California for a long time, so I get a lot of lessons and dumb stuff. Because California is the only state in America where, you know, I would say 85% of the people there, they're really a strong advocate for marijuana. Um, the thing I think with the law when it comes to that is like, because of the smoking purpose, then this condemnation does come all at once, you know. And for me, I don't see, I don't look at a person, I don't see a person should be spending time in prison. I've been big fines 
far, far, far having it, but you know, but in schools under age, having you distributed it, then that's a different thing. You know what I'm saying? We are talking about a kid or a child. Uh, and so that's different there. But from other purposes, as an adult, you know, Trinidad should be a free state to make it legal to even carry up to at least, I would say, 16 ounces because Jamaica is doing it right now. And Norris, man, how you would come, you said you travel a lot to the state. Having experienced the industry from California, how do you think it compares to your home country, Jamaica? How things are running in the country? Do you think there's a, a great difference? Do you think there are things that Jamaica could learn from, from California and vice versa? Yeah, sure. Um, right now, yeah, people sending um, marijuana from what, Canada and the, the, our government is accepting them. But the, the thing is that with us in Jamaica, the local farmers who were the original people who was, who was, who was who were, who were battered down, you know, and, and, and disrespected in the 60s and the 70s. You know, their, their, their generation is still there and they are local farmers who always been growing it from the days of when they were hiding. I think the government should look at that and get these people legitimized, you know, whether they're going to put them into a program where they have a license or whatever, but just don't cast them out like that because this thing now is going to the hands of the rich, you know, and it's so sad that the people who used to persecute us for it, they are the one that is getting the chance to open big business. But this is where the hypocrisy comes now, you know, so, but, you know, in California as a normal citizen, you could get a cannabis can or you can't go any amount you want, you know. So we need something like that, not only in Jamaica, but in, in, in most of the Caribbean countries, because what the government don't understand, this is a huge economic business, you know, we, we're going to sorry if we don't act on it fast and, and preserve it and use it in the right way and, and help to build their own economy, you know? You know what I want to do? I want to try and get some callers in on the program as well, too. 624-105-623-5001. We have Norrisman live on the lines, ladies, fellas, everybody. We have Norrisman live with us here right now. So if you want to get in and maybe ask a quick question or send something relating to the program, now is the time as well, too. And I wanted to try message board pretty quick because we had quite a few WhatsApp messages. All right now, flames and then coming in on the WhatsApp right now um, from some of our listeners. Somebody said, well, Norris Man is in the building. Uh, a, lot of, yeah, a lot of the fans seem to be quite excited about this. Candice says, good night. Um, she said she doesn't smoke or be around smokers because of her sinus and breathing problems. But she finds that the program is very informative as to all aspects of the cannabis and where the law is concerned. So she says two thumbs up for that. Let's go to the phone lines and see who we have uh, with us here. Hi, good evening. You're live. Hello. Hi, good night. Good night. Yes, sir. You're live. Talk to us. Yeah, so I'm listening to the whole conversation and stuff to one. What Nurse Man is saying is making perfect sense. You know, so the higher powers believe that they could benefit off of the sale of, of cannabis, right? So that is why you have this exponential increase in the production. You have an exponential increase in marketing this product because they believe now that they can market it and make a profit out of it compared to what we were doing in the past. And that's it definitely definitely um, as, as, as I say again you know um, it is very sad that the people who were persecuted and went to jail and get a lot of the time like you know back in the days toots all the man was locked up for, for just a giant so now here we go now seeing it come to pass where these people open up big business well I want to be business where there is no THC or CBD it doesn't matter I'm just saying that the small people will still not have the chance now that it is more like legal to have their own business. That is unfair. It's like 
the inhabitants of the land, which is like the native Indians in California, they would never suppress them in any way. They would give them free, tax-free, and they would be the native of the land. And they would be the person who grew it in, in, in places like Humboldt County and all them far places. The government protect them, you know, in, in that way. And, 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 and they make an earning from it, you know. Because as I said, we use it as soap. We use it as different healing process. We make them clothes. There are different, different reasons for using it. But then in the eyes of the government and the police, it's only one way. To catch a man with it and lock him up in jail. <laughs> so you know, they've been doing that for years. Are they having a benefit from that? What do they get from that? I want to get another phone call on the inside <laughs> and see how the people are saying. Good evening, welcome to Heights. Be merciful to me, oh, Chad. Them must follow me up. Fight all day and night. Oh, Lord, that's oh, enough. Pick up yourself, no, man. Enemies around me tonight. Can't be afraid. Thank you for all the inspirational music. Doctors, deceitful, iniquity, guys. Since I'm a child, I've been listening to you, and I'm telling you, you play active role in plenty youth life growing up. And I yes, just wanted to say thanks. Thank you to Sonny Blink for giving me the opportunity to say that thanks indirectly. Yeah, man, respect. Give and thanks, give right? thanks. Keep man. doing what you're every doing. Every time, every time. Looking out for your new albums and them. Yes, I really appreciate of that, man. Every time, you know. That's what we talking about. <laughs> there are the fans out here, you know. North, as I get Norris Man, you know, no, no, no. <laughs> Norris Man, like, Norris Man, like, um, like, like, Brian Lara to India. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so when, when Norris Man touch a yeah, man. He's, he, can, he can roam how he wants, you know. Uh, I met Mr. Brian Lara for the first time, the last time I came there a couple yeah. months ago. Maybe, like, right. maybe some, yeah. It was a pleasure meeting him, you know. Well, as a youth growing up, you know, don't forget, you know, we love cricket in Jamaica, you know. <laughs> so it's not like we don't know about these people before we even. Yeah. yeah, we know about the great Brian Lara from way back. Jamaica is very active when it comes to cricket. Remember the West Indies, you know? Yes, man. So, yes, man. Yes, man. yeah, from Courtney Walsh yes, days, Jeffrey yes, Dujan. Man. Yes, man. All them, man, you know? <laughs> Chris, those are some great cricketers yeah, back in the day, though. It's, it's, sure. a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wide culture, you know, but we always remember this. Jamaica and Trinidad, there are similarities in many ways. True, true. We share a lot of similarities, especially when it comes to music. One of the key things that we have this connection with is the music, you know? The same so, love that we have for reggae music, so, you so, guys so, have it same yeah. way, one hundred. So, so Norris, know. one thing we want, I wanted to get from you. I, I know that in our last conversation where we had at Cascadia, you, 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 you were talking from the aspect of Rastafari and um, yes. the, the the persecution that is being faced, and you're just going to look back in at at from the Jamaica standpoint, and we see any models of the decriminalization and industries being set up across the Caribbean. Um, from your perspective, I mean, have you, from what you have, from the last time you have talked to now, what have you seen in the sense of any positive development for Rastafari? Because I know that it, that is that is very close to your heart. So far, what is happening right now, um, the indigenous behavior is now drifting and going into other parts of the world. So, you know, the few elders that left behind who have set the foundation, a lot of them, I don't think they have been treated good, you know, in terms of the recompensation and all the money that Jamaican government have to give to them. They are not doing enough. And remember, these, these are the little people who are going to be left back who have that indigenous um, upbringing of Rastafari. When they disappear and gone, what is going to happen? <laughs> It's very important, you know, to keep the root of the, of the tree so you can grow more and, and get more knowledge, you know. And it's sad for these people also that, as I say, most of them are in the same farming business. And, and 
we need the, the government to step in and give them full access to grow this thing and not because they don't have a million dollars to open a business because they will never have that you know the rich will come and they will open a cbd whatever whatever and you know it's happening right now in new kings and a lot of places the uptown people open these places no, but no, 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 I mean, the Rastafari community in Jamaica and reggae artists generally, in my opinion, anyway, because that's that, that's how I know about Jamaica and life in Jamaica mm-hmm. from from the songs that you guys would have sung. I've done so much in Jamaica. Why, why, why is it even after all these years? It seems like you know the Jamaican government. They, they, I mean, I, I know you guys ain't want no record. It's, it's a, Babylon, it's a, it's you know a party. I mean? It's a party thing, you know. Because do remember, history will never lie. Bustamante was from the Jamaica Labour Party and he was the first one who said that they should hold rest and trim them. <laughs> so, put it, put it, um, just think about what I say. And who is in party now? The Jamaica Labour Party. Okay, I, I understand. <laughs> I, I just find it, you know, they, they right. always disrespecting the Rastaman now. But the Rastaman is really who put Jamaica on the map now. So, I mean, so, might, might well, we, always, we always know that when they go to Jamaica, the first thing I say is... um. Welcome to Jamaica with Bob Marley with a mic in him and then locks is flying like this. Yeah. And even though them don't like Rasta, them put it right at the front of the airport for the tourists to see. Thanks. So they are used Bob Marley as a poster boy to advertise Jamaica because the government is not so important. Because if I put the Prime Minister on a poster or a flyer on the highway, nobody sees him. But if I put Bob Marley there, everyone that is coming from abroad is going to want to come more. If I'm not mistaken, Bob never, <laughs> Bob never got the highest national award in Jamaica, did he? Well, it was supposed to be on the money, and they come with the, the, the $50 bill. They never went on it till all. They come to the $5,000 bill. And it's always some guy who born in Europe and came here in, this, in the 50s. Edward Siaga, all of them, man, no disrespect. Most of them, man, as politicians, if you look at their fair skin, there wasn't any man who grew up from, from a community as a black man from way around in Portland or anywhere. It's always guys from abroad who came here in the early days and buy out the lands and then come back to be politicians. They are the one that we have on our money. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I mean, true. That is a little, little bit better than that. Yeah? I mean, I mean, unfortunately, they hear there. I mean, I, I really feel, I really feel for you guys as as great as a great fan. Now. Yeah. But keep well, on, you see these good. things, and these things have to happen as Bob Marley tell you. Now. That's why repatriation have to be a must because remember we came on a place where we were taken, and we came there and we saw Arawak Indians. What else do you think? You know, no matter how we try hard in the west it's always going to be a problem and if we had known if most of us had listened and, uh, as you know rastafarian who came out on the scene as musicians and people of great success if we had put all these energy in africa would be far by now would be a very far away but we never did mm. i guess it's not you too know, late so, i mean so, people i mean we could hope one one could hope i mean in the future maybe yeah well, not to, not, not to call names, I'll put it this way. These artists who become prominent and make a name from the name of Rastafari. They are more richer than me. What have they done? They sing about repatriation. They never went to Africa. They're still around. They come to Trinidad or anywhere and they make big bucks, 80,000 per show, 50,000 per show. And the purpose that they are singing about, they are never fulfilled, not even 5% of it. Most of them don't even buy a piece of land in Africa. So we are far behind. So all that our forefathers have chant about freedom, repatriation, fundamental repatriation. After a while, when a man get rich, he don't act on it anymore. Some artists right now have to give a bunch of money to go to Africa to sing. Well, I do show down there with Luton, Fire and Phantom, Moja for free. 
a matter of fact, Luton Fire rent the stadium himself, pay for it. Because we don't want, we have a love for these people and we have a love for the place. And, and we, want to we want to see development in them places. So, you know, it's a whole lot of work to do. We, we, you know, Africa is big. The work don't even start. Long after I am passed and gone, Four generation after me have to help to fix the problem. No, Norris, man. Yeah, what's <laughs> happening, my friend? It's a pleasure having you on the program, of course, this evening. Rastafari. Blessed love. Yes, man. Every time. Yes, Sonny have... Blaine. Give thanks every time. You know, it's always a pleasure, you know, because, you know, I always embrace I and I have to give thanks. And it's always love to Trinidad people. What can I say? I can't say no more. Yeah, I am but, always yeah, welcome in Trinidad. You, you, can, you can't say you know, no I more. Could but, sleep. But you could I sing could sleep at more. anyone else in Trinidad. They open their doors to me. No, yeah, man, you can't say no more, but you could sing some more. And before you come off our program this evening, oh, wait, 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 which, which one of them? Which one of them? Let me do a vote in your room. Let me ask you. As I, a, I, how the moment of feeling right? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, my lad. Hold on, hold on. Pull up. My born already. I can't play now. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Heights where knowledge grows. 37 minutes after 7 o'clock, we're getting ready to, to, to say um, thanks to Doris Man for being on the program. But of course, you can't be tuning in from wherever in the world and not give us some iconic jams, all right? So, Norris Man, you're getting to make your exit on that Tutri Big Tune. So, ladies and gentlemen, live right now on Heights where knowledge grows, Norris Man. You cannot live amongst the Eden. And as far as I can see, I pay for an enemy them. When you see the Eden, them never won't see we strive. So them set all bad road in our life. Whoa, never won't see we strive. And for the moment you're feeling right, the moods and the tides are high. Say you never knew it. Say you never knew it till a Rasta man come in a your life, yo. Check me out at point 14. Remember, the 17th of June. Don't miss it. It's going to be a great event, a good vibe. My friend called Bantan. You know, we're all celebrating, man. You don't know when you go to point 14 on the countryside, you know. It's always a vibe, you know. So, the 17th of June, I'll be there, you know. So, all the fans who love Norris Man music, just come out and support, you know. Give thanks and praise, man. Rastafari, one love to everyone, you know. Bless it to everyone. Nice, man. Nurse, man. Thanks so much for being a part of the program this evening. We appreciate you and we appreciate your time and all your efforts. Bless him. Bless him. More life. Yes, <laughs> Be safe on it. Yeah. We're going to link up. That's it, everybody. Uh, Nurse, man, a part of the program. We're going to take a quick, uh, quick pause. And when we return, we have our Grow Guru segment with Teacher Mark and Teacher Derek. Talk is streaming at freedom106.5.com. Welcome back to High Radio on Slam on Double Point Five and Freedom 106.5 FM. It's now 46 minutes after 7 o'clock. And of course, this 15-minute segment is brought to you with the kind compliments of 1212 Grow Shop. Of course, it's your Grow Guru segment brought to you with the kind compliments. As I said, 1212 Grow Shop, we have Teacher Mark and Teacher Derek on the inside. And what they aim to do is educate the folks out there as to the right ways of growing cannabis everyone has the uh, opportunity right now in Trinidad and Tobago to produce four plants of your own at home domestically speaking per person yeah per person you know so basically we're giving you education for those who are maybe interested in just having a flowering plant in a yard or maybe you want to do it for some kind of different purpose but this is what this segment aims to do educate you guys and every week we also do some giveaways what is our giveaway for today we're going to get to that but guess what i'm going to tell you what the question is from now so you can think about it all right what is the best environment for rooting clones now cloning was the topic of last last week so if you were paying attention last week you should be able to answer this one what is the best environment 
for rooting your clones. All right. So let's get into this evening's program. Teacher Mark and Teacher Derek, the floor is all yours. Derek, what's the topic for this week? Well, tonight our topic is plant training. Plant training. And okay. when we talk training, we're talking just like persons who go to the gym to train with weights and stuff like that, but with plants. Um, you know, it, it for all our, our listeners there, I mean, you know, when persons have a vision of, of the cannabis plant, they usually think of the Christmas tree. Right. Um, you know, thin, tall, with the natural, of, apical structure. Yeah, atypical structure of, of the cannabis plant, which you know, I mean, persons who might have seen fields before, pictures that that's what they would imagine. But in order to get the best yield, in order to um, essentially to get the best yield and the best final product, you know, training is is, is often necessary because as you uh, as you go higher up the plant, the, 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 you get you know the, the more premium grade, Correct. as opposed to the, the lower levels of a plant that will get less light access to light, whether it's some natural sun or from artificial lighting in an indoor setting. Correct, and the plant responds to that also. It sends more growth hormones, more energy, more nutrients up to the top buds because they gain more airflow, more light, as you said, all those sort of things. Yeah, so if you want to maximize, if you want to maximize your, your cannabis yield, um, you know, training is absolutely essential. I mean, the Christmas trees look good in the air, but I mean, they can also become problematic, especially now outdoor setting when they become too tall swing in the wind breaking and stuff like that so um in terms of training mark you know there are many different styles a, a lot of it is to, is to do with with, with with the individual grower a, a lot of a lot of the time but the main ones to me is topping and then lsd low stress training can you you know tell us a, a little bit more right, of the two? you have low stress training and you have high stress training and like i said it depends on the grower and it will depend a lot on the space they're growing in mm-hmm. the outdoors would be a lot more forgiving as far as space mm-hmm. um indoor growers however they have to utilize the square footage because every single square because exactly. most of the time they're in an enclosed space i.e a grow tent mm-hmm. so you want to try to maximize the square footage and the use of your light you want to get maximum light penetration across a canopy and the, creating a canopy is is basically what training is that's why we train yeah. i mean yeah because i mean generally speaking for our listeners out there we we, we ideally would like all the top buds on, on, on the same level but we'll be outdoor indoor i mean you produce popcorn mods lower down right. but you want that even finish so there's even light penetration along the way correct so in terms of topping i mean a, a, a lot of it to me has to do with trial and error um you know person's trying it topping is for our listeners out there who might not be aware is essentially you are br- cutting or breaking the top shoot of a pl- of a marijuana plant and for it essentially in order to split it split into, into two new shoots now right basically instead of that one main growing up to be the main you will have Two that tell themselves, okay, I am the main. So both of them are going to grow as mains. Yeah. What happens during the recovery time before those two start to pick up? The ones on the sides say, okay, we gain, we gain more light and everything now. Yeah. So let, let, let's also grow up. Um, topping is done a lot of ways by a lot of different people. Um, most of the time, you'll see people top a plant and they end up with two big main heads. Really, the more efficient way to top would be to top and allow your sides to grow out so that you have a lot of, a lot of thick branching to supply your top buds, your multiple top buds that mm. you achieve from that. And for our listeners out there who you know, might be able to, to you know, visualize this, I mean, especially novices, I mean, we, we, we plan to, to post videos on our social media pages explaining this with step-by-step with tutorials and um, examples. But um, in terms of low-stress training, though, I mean, low-stress training, um, in my experience, 
um, there, there are pros and cons to both. I mean, luscious training is a lot of practice in terms of bending the branches of the plant, especially when they are in the veg stage. They are rather malleable. It depends on strain along the way, but I mean, they're malleable, so we bend them and twist them in order to, to you know, keep the plant at a manageable height or in order to produce more top shelf branches, well, top branches, top heads. A tip for the listeners, Derek, would be to... Once you once you first start in the looser strain and you haven't developed a comfortable feel for it yet, water your plant about three hours before you do it. Your plant's gonna be a lot more pliable and flexible and forgiving. All of us have snapped a branch. Of course. Low stress training before. Exactly. And I mean I mean a lot of it, I mean, person could do the research online. There are a lot of there are a lot of uh, material there's a lot of material out there. But I mean I, I, I would say practice makes perfect. I mean I, even the first time I I was I was I topped a plant. I mean I I, I you know we, we were a little cautious thinking, well, would it grow back? Would it plant, you know, that's you're checking it every hour. Yeah, yeah, every hour, every day, you know, waiting the waiting to see and then you see the little two shoots coming out right. the top and, and growing out into two. So patience has a lot to do with it. So certain plants I have found as well also to respond to the different types of training differently due, due, due to genetics largely. So some plants might, you know, like to be topped and will shoot multiple shoots from that. But then there are some plants that do like topping at all and, right. you know, would stunt or, 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 or would, would, you know, would, would be a little, a little deformed. Yeah, definitely. Um, I would definitely say from a, from a beginner's standpoint, start with low stress training. Um, that's basically tying your plant down. You want to take the highest points, pull them down. You don't want to pull them too far down, but you want to pull them down enough to keep them down for the lower stuff to start growing up. And as that lower stuff passes it, then you can start to gently release that and put it in place where you want to be. Yeah, and, and people will be surprised how, how, how much recovery, how quickly a cannabis plant can actually recover. I mean, I mean, for those listeners who are not aware, I mean, if we if we were able to pull down a branch within a few hours, sometimes in an indoor setting, within the next day, it, sometimes it's, it's very fast, like very fast, like it, it's a living creature at the end of the day. I've had so, some plants I was able to do heavy low stress training on multiple times throughout the day. You know, because within an hour they would recover and be facing. Yeah, up but I guess the key is, is, is to start small, yes. practice, be gentle at first. Because as Mark said, I mean, it's easy to snap a branch. As if, although I mean, for our listeners out there, it's a, it's excellent to water the plant before you try this. So be a little bit more malleable and pliable when you are when you are tempted. But yeah. it's a sick feeling when you snap a branch because you doesn't know it's snapping until it breaks. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. And you, you think it could go that extra inch, but you know. But again, it's it's trial and error. And I mean, with, with practice, you know, you, persons will become more comfortable and more experienced. So we inside our Grow Guru segment with Mark Seberon and Derek Chong, and of course, you get a chance this evening, ladies and gentlemen, to call us up six two four one double five six two three five zero zero one and be part of our giveaway this evening today's grow guru giveaway is going to be a five piece set of fabric pots i know i know i know i put a little comma at the end of piece when i said five piece and i was like what, like, what? <laughs> but no it's a five <laughs> piece <laughs> set of uh, fabric pots now um let's straighten off the topic a little bit i i this is how i'm not quite familiar but i know a lot of gardeners not just in cannabis but on the whole i've been observing people using fabric pots right okay. what is the pros or Cons as opposed to like a pot pot. Okay, so it's it's um recycle mostly recyclable material they use they use which is not plastics. Um drainage. Drainage is excellent. Um yeah. you can't really overwater with a, a 
a, a fabric pot because water comes out all the sides. So and the right. whole pot breathes as compared to Yeah, so, so it's, it's aerated. And in terms of new, when you're using chemical nutrients as opposed to organics, it's very easy to flush as opposed to a, a plastic container, which is still possible, but it's much easier if water comes out all the sides to so just run water through to get rid of six the chemical four, buildup. 624-155-623-5001. You get a chance not to win one, not two, not three, but five fabric pots back to the topic of training though i mean with these fabric pots as well how i train my plants is i i i use a a, a, a sharp metal object and bore a small hole in yeah. the fabric pot and use twine and tie it to that so i actually tie my plants to the pot in order to keep it down yep, that's the same you, thing you, i do yeah you, using that so i mean for, for whoever wins the prize today that that might be a, a good a good practice session for them to practice using that so small holes at, at the rim of the pot and you tie twine on the branches and you pull them gently and manipulate them in, in order to spread the plant over a greater surface area for you to cover a greater surface area to increase your yields you want to try to tie everything and 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 manipulate everything to where you end up with a level canopy all the multiple tops that you're creating from your low stress training um you want those to be all even so they all get in the same amount of light they're at the same height you know they're gonna produce uniform buds for you when you do that yeah so um I don't know if you want to touch a little bit on on on, on, on super cropping, but yeah, um, yeah, it, it's is is a popular method. A lot of people use it. A lot of people try it. People don't seem to be too scared to try super cropping. Okay, so super, okay. Super, what is super cropping? Okay, right. super cropping is when you actually break a stem without detaching it. Right, you're breaking the inner tissue without breaking the outer tissue, so that basically the branch is hanging down but still attached. Okay. Now, what's going to happen is the plant is going to recognize that, and it's going to send a lot of growth hormones, nutrients, energy to the wound. The wound is the the, the kink where it's yeah. broken. You're gonna develop a knuckle, and everything past that knuckle is going to be supercharged after that. Supercharged, so it's, it's vigorously a, So is that very? De- I mean, it, it, with, without practice, you could literally snap the branch and and, and have and, and have nothing there in that sense. But for those who practice it, as I say, I mean, generally you you, you softly rub the, the the stem between your fingers. I mean, you could check out YouTube videos on it as well. We will post videos, but um until it snaps and then but not totally broken off from the plant and it you will be surprised it the plant so, actually so, recovers so we're looking like let's say for them i'm just hearing you speaking and i'm just thinking wildly about some of my other plants you know i mean normal things then so for instance let's so say we'll tomatoes too but allow me so let's say for instance like like in my hoop garden let's say for instance you go to your, your, your fine thyme or your rosemary and it's kind of you try to rip off some of those stems whatever um well the stems on the fine thyme and stuff different and now i want to mention no, I, that about, I mean, about I bring, super I bring, it, I bring it closer to me so uh-huh. in terms of understanding so maybe yes, someone else can maybe understand that sometimes you know you're pulling a branch and you're, you're, you're pulling some leaves off the branch and the entire stem weakens that it actually broke but it really didn't fall off the plant right. so it's so similar to what you're similar saying to so, that, yeah. similar so to that. if you tie that back up in place it would recover most likely correct. if so, the plant's healthy correct. it would no, recover. recover so for instance let me say for instance go further than that then so let's say let's look at like like a, like a okro okro uh-huh. the okro itself right. like if you squeeze the okro you have a way you can mash up the internal components of it and it might just hang down in your hand but it's not really broken so, Correct, so like, exactly so, like the, so the skin uh, uh, let, let's say if it's, let's say it's a human arm then so your skin looks fine on the outside but you have an internal injury the outer shell is still intact yeah but but but, but the inner tissue is what's down so, so you're saying that's it you're just, just flopping around, around yeah. Yeah. but topping could also which is technically cut the, the top shoot off it to shoot out two shoots Main shoots and and you keep on going throughout the plant. That could actually be done on tomatoes. And that stuff works like. on any plant as well. On any plant. So okay. this is not cannabis specific. It's you just cut very off one and two end up replacing. Well, what's going on, guys? You have two minutes on the upswing. The eight o'clock here right now. Teacher Mark and Teacher Derek on the inside, and I want to get you guys an opportunity to call in and win. 
6241 We have five fabric pots, all courtesy 1212 Growth Shop, guys. Let me ask you a question once again. What is the best environment for rooting clones? All right. You all can answer. I have um, a multiple choice list. A, cool and dry. B, warm and moist. C, warm and dry. Or D, dry with lots of airflow movement. Uh, um, 6241-055-623-5001. Call us up right now and get in here for Tina. We have to thank, of course, Attorney at Law C.J. Williams for being on our program. From the TTPS, Sergeant J.C. Small for being on our program. As well as... um. Reggae artist Norris Mann Who came to us live this evening from Sweden Thanks so much for being a part of our program Right now we're inside our Grow Guru segment Brought to you with the kind company of the 1212 Grow Shop We have of course Mark and Derek inside the handling this one So we want to find out from you guys Call us up the phone lines and blazing man All you blazing all night long and all you blazing right now This is your opportunity to win big All courtesy the 1212 Grow Shop boy Grow Guru segment All them don't let me have to, um, uh, yeah, if, 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 if nobody called in, son, you might have to try some fabric pots. Yeah. Hey, don't, don't, don't say that. I, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you all can call in, though, but hey, I don't mind getting some fabric pots at all. But, folks, this has been another installment of Heights Where Knowledge Grows. Any any closing uh, comments on the Grow Guru segment this evening, guys? Take your time with training. Um, you're going to mess up some stuff. In order, not the end in order to world. learn to get right, yeah, yeah, like so Derek cool said, don't don't get discouraged. Something you know, it's a plant. It will keep. It will keep growing. Hi, good evening, alive. Welcome to the program. Good evening. Good evening. And now pull up and tune in and hear you say calling. I calling. Talk to me. Where's the question? The question is, what is the best environment for 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 clones for cloning? Um, can, you're going to, to win five fabric pots this evening. Can, Sent- I, can, I, can, I, can I hear the options? The options are cool and dry. A, B, warm and moist. C, warm and dry. D, dry with lots of airflow or movement. D, D, dry with lots of airflow and movement is incorrect, my that, friend. That's actually good. Dry and, and lots of airflow and movement is good for flower, not for cloning. Oh my gosh. Okay. But Sinatra, Sinatra, I'm the only caller. I don't know. <laughs> son, 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 you Well, according to the panel, they say, Giddy man, you blind. I, 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 All right. The right answer is B. The right answer is B. You want moist and, and, and um, warm, a warm um, temperature. It, it, it seems applies to um, popping seeds as well, also, too. But towards oh, flower, you want more airflow and drier temperatures to prevent the buds from, um, from rotting. But Sonny, since he get the bly, we gotta make sure he do what it is he doing with it. Eh? He need to send send the Heights IG page some pics yeah. or progress or what he doing with them pots. Yeah, as up? time go by. <laughs> yeah, I, I will. Yes, I will need your 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 to counsel me during the your consultation. I will need it during the process. Most definitely. So that's um. Stay true that Sonny will take the, your, your details and um. No, but um, what you have to do is send us. What is your name, sir? Andre. Andre, have a seen him? But, but, but I didn't hear the first time Andre Dugan. Oh, I didn't hear the first time, Mister Dugan. So, what you need to do first, please? Can you send a picture of your ID to WhatsApp seven zero seven Slam? Right away. All right, appreciate it. And that is it. We will take your contact from there, and you're going to be contacted to collect your prize. No problem. That All right, everybody. Congratulations. Thanks for being a part of the program, gentlemen. 
Another installment of Heights when Olive grows right here and slam on double point five and freedom one oh six point five FM. Derek Chong, Josh Rossi Mongol, Otto Carrington, of course. We have Mark Sibiran on the inside as well. To teacher Mark is on the inside with Grow Guru segment each and every Tuesday evening. You can join us from six PM as we bring you the best information and best panel speakers that we can to educate us to the uh, improvement, knowledge, growth of cannabis in and around the region right here in TNT and the world. Uh, Joshua, anything? Yeah, I just wanted to say next week we have the, the so-called Queen of Putin in Canada, um, Jody Geis Ramsey, and we also have Freetown Collective will be in holding our meds with us. All right. So guess what? Let me see. Let me see if we have any WhatsApp. Let me see if this is our, our friend. Uh, all right. So we're waiting on our information to come in pertaining to our winner. And that is us right here on Slam on Double Point Five and Freedom One Hundred Six Point Five FM. This is Heights. Have a good evening, everybody. Talk, talk, talk. Is streaming at freedom one hundred six point five dot com.